Hello, folks. Thank you so much for listening. It's time once again to stew on this. I'm Stu Bittman, and this episode is called Grief is Just Love with Nowhere to Go. Well, in case I don't sound as chipper as usual, it's because, as many of you already know from Facebook or Instagram, Hillary and I said goodbye to our beloved dog Brenna this past Monday. It's been a very teary week. And I'm not quite ready to share all my feelings and reflections on her passing or all the many lessons that she helped us learn. We're heading to the California coast tomorrow for four nights to continue our processing and our healing. And maybe after that, my next episode or two will be tributes to her that I can actually express without blubbering too much. In the meantime, the biggest challenge I'm facing in the sadness is what to do with all the love, caring, compassion, and service that I invested in Brenna, especially as her body began began to broke to break down more and more over these past two years. She was a huge anchor for us over these two crazy years, and I showered so much of my love on her. She was so easy to love and to care for, and though it was a lot of work at times, I never regretted or resented a single moment of it. So, I'm intending to remember that all the love that I gave her, though she was the object of it, was being generated from me. She was the object, but I was the subject. I was the giver of that love. And the fact that I gave her so much love really means that I have the capacity to give that much love. So my plan is to remember that I can redirect that love to myself, to you, to the world, to my mission. My friend Jess heard me talking about this, and she came up with the quote, Grief is just love with nowhere to go. Grief is just love with nowhere to go. And when a beloved being passes on, it seems as if there's nowhere for all that love to go. But the good news is love neither comes nor goes. Love simply is. So, While Hillary and I will continue to grieve and mourn for one of the main objects of our love and joy for the past 11 years, we'll also be celebrating Brenna as a shining example of what love and joy can look like. I ask myself, was Brenna more worthy of my love just because she was so easy to love? (laughs) I mean, I do find myself harder to love sometimes. I find most people a lot harder to love. I find the world tremendously harder to love. But we and it are all worthy of my love because they're all made of the same love as Brenna was. She just had fewer filters and complications around expressing that love than maybe you and I do. And perhaps because of that, she was easier for me to love because when I was around her, I had fewer filters and complications around loving her and around receiving her love. I am worthy of redirecting that love and giving it to me and to others and to my mission, mainly because I am made of that same love. It's my essential nature, just like it was Brenna's. And whenever I overcome my filters and complications and actually give love, I'm the first to experience that love. And every time I do give my love, 
I become more and more like Brenna. Well, there isn't a word to describe how much I miss her. But even the intensity with which I'm missing her reminds me that all that love is still here. So Hillary and I send an immense thank you to all of you who've sent your love in our time of loss. We love you tremendously. And I didn't quite make it through. And sorry if this was a sad one. But sadness and loss are part of life. But let's also remember that love is part of life too, and that there are beautiful and worthy objects for our love right nearby, right where we are, right in this very moment, even if we happen to be alone at the moment. Yeah. Stew on that. And I will see you next week.